Welcome to episode three of my podcast as part of my Toastmaster journey. Today, I'll be discussing mindfulness and the holistic approach with special guest, Carl Henry. The aim of the three episode podcasts is looking at helping make a better you. We have looked at finance and budgeting in episode one. In episode two, we looked at running and nutrition. Finally, we're going to look at the overall you and how simple changes can have an impact. From a lot of my reading in this area, one item I've come up again time and time is the impact of making your bed on mindfulness. The Power of Habit by Charles Doug and US Navy SEALs talk about this. They see it as a keystone habit. This is the habit that creates the other habit. It is seen as if you make your bed first thing in the morning, your first job is done right, and you'll make the rest of the day a lot better. Today's guest, Carl Henry, needs very little introduction. He is a personal trainer, a corporate wellness speaker, an author, and a host of Operation Transformation. In case that is not enough, he also records the Real Health podcast in association with Layla Healthcare. Being on the other side of the table for this podcast might make him feel a little odd, may feel a little like sitting in the away team dressing room. Carl appears to juggle more than the average circus clown. And for all the people out there in the Twitter sphere, you may also have seen his weekly lists where he wants us reading books, giving out hugs, doing some random exercise each day. He also seems to love his tech-free bedrooms and dinner times. Welcome to the show, Carl. Is there anything in the intro that I've left out? Good. The pressure is on me to deliver after that introduction, Philip. Fair play to you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's great to be on. Uh, I know you had John O'Regan on before. He's fantastic. So I follow him in footsteps. But uh, now that introduction is, yeah, it's bang on. I do lots of different things all related to health. That's what I do with the job. Uh, I love it. I'm addicted to it. And uh, I'm very lucky to do it. As I spoke about both, there are a few people who see the benefit in making your bed each morning. This, from many sides, has different, but a few see this from a mental health view. Personally, I do feel getting into a made bed at the end of the day is nicer than non-made bed. Would you agree with this? Like others, that is, this would be what one of what you consider as being a keystone habit. Yeah, I think starting your day off on a positive note is really, really important. Whether that is necessarily making your bed, or whether it's getting a healthy breakfast, or whether it's getting some exercise done. Um, or for me, it's my first client in the morning. So, for example, my first client would be six o'clock. I leave the house about ah, about a quarter past five there thereabouts. I like to be early, so I'm in the gym about a quarter to six. That's a positive start to my to my day. And then my first session uh, is. A really good one. It's one where I'm full of I'm full of energy. It's a positive session, and it just starts my day off in a really positive way. Um, that for me is really important, and the structure of my morning is very important. I like to be early. I get up early. I have five ten minutes to myself downstairs in the kitchen before I leave the house. I have a calm drive into work because I'm early. I'm not stuck in traffic or concerned about it being late. But that to me, I suppose, is my version of making my bed. That that kind of I suppose hour before I start work is really important. And the structure of that hour and how that sets me up for the day is really, really important. If I'm behind or if I'm late, that just it just impacts the rest of my day. And for me, it's really, really important getting the day started in a really positive way. And I, I've read that book that you're, that you're talking about. And, you know, positive habits are crucial. And that's what we need to define that in, and to try and get those positive habits into your day as early as possible is really, really important. Thank you, Carl. I know a lot of talk I've seen lately is that millennials are actually suffering worse from mental health issues than, than generations before us. Would, one, would you agree with that? And do you believe that lifestyle changes 
that can be held accountable for this? Yeah, I, to a point I would agree with. I think part of the fact is uh, people are more open about talking about mental health issues than, than, the, than they've ever been. And I think that's potentially part of the fact that more millen- the, the millennial generation will uh, report more mental health issues. They're better at talking about it, they're more open about it, they're more aware of it. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. You know, the ability to talk, especially uh, with men, when it comes to mental health, is crucial. Um, we don't do it close enough. It's getting more acceptable. It's getting more normalized, which is brilliant. Um, and life is, you know, life is tough. Um, so being open and, being, and chatting about it is important. In terms of dealing with mental health, um, it's a really broad question, and there's so much that you can do. Obviously, from my perspective, I'm going to come back with food and nutrition is crucial. Um, eating for health is important, but eating, eating for overall health and eating will impact on your mental health as well. Movement during your day, not just exercise, but just general daily movement. So getting some movement in. For example, I would have a five-minute walk before you even get to the gym in the morning. I like that. It just clears my head for the day ahead. Um, getting movement in during the day. Uh, parking further away from, 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 from work, getting off the train or the bus one stop earlier, having a walking lunch break, getting some fresh air, all really simple tips. Um, a lot of it for me that comes back to kind of lifestyle changes that you can make, such as planning being one, um, uh, putting some kind of structure on your day and control on your day, and that's with the weekly list. I think that's why people like them so much. There's, there's, there's structure to it, and it gives you a structure and with a positive, um, positive little goals to work towards. I think all that would impact on your mental health. And I think part of the other element of that is that uh, the people that you surround yourself with, and that's really, really important too, that you surround yourself with positive, empowering, healthy people because you are a direct product of the people you surround yourself with. So that direct kind of social network is absolutely crucial to your mental health. Do you surround yourself with pessimists or optimists? Are they glass half full or glass half empty? Because you're going to be, you're going, you're, you're, you're absorbing that uh, energy, for want of a better word, and it's really, really important to surround yourself with people who enhance your day, who help you to strive for greater things and strive for more in terms of your goals, and uh, you know they're all things that will impact on your mental health. But one of the key things is talking about it, and I think that generation um, have really shown us that we have to talk about our mental health, and it is important. And that's a really, really good thing. Thank you. I know I joked earlier about your love for tech-free bedrooms and dinner times, but would you agree that modern technology is addicted to technology and that it might be the case that we need to take a step back from our phones and reconnect with people the old-fashioned way? I know personally... Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. I'm, I, I'm fully addicted to my phone. It's terrible. Uh, and I have to work really hard to, get, to try to get myself away from it. Um, I think it is incredibly addictive. Uh, it is a negative addiction. It's as addictive as anything else. Uh, no question about it. Um, and the screen, you know, the screen time, screen time logs on phones is one of the easiest ways to see it. Like I see my own screen time readings, and they're massive. Hardly issue with myself. It's the, the job that I do and the work that I do. Uh, it's important that I'm on certain platforms to keep myself. Um, not necessarily out there, but to keep people who follow me engaged and interested in what I do. And part of my job is in trying to empower people to be healthier. And the platforms that I work on um, when it comes to social media, that's what they make happen. Um, so part of those lists is generally some tech-related part each week is very much written for myself because 
struggle with the challenges just like everybody else. No, that's fair enough. On the way to work this morning, I was listening to your most recent podcast, Lessons Learned from the Operation Transformation Leaders. And at the end, you asked each leader for one tip or item that they've learned from Operation Transformation. One of these items that hit home with me was I think it was the first leader who spoke about not letting a bad week affect the following one. I know this one thing a lot of us would be guilty of. If we have a bad morning or meeting in work, we let a consumer day or set us off on the wrong foot. Would you agree in most cases, if we have the bad meeting morning or day, we should simply just take time to, to ourselves and not let it utilize us? I know I had a manager in a previous job who suggested going for a 5k after a bad day. His idea was it's better to take it out on the road than your boss. I think that was slightly in his favour, but I'm sure most could replace boss with friends, families, co-workers very easily. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, it was Lorraine who was saying that on the show, and I think that, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a bad week, it can be a bad day, and like you're saying, it can be a bad morning or a bad meeting or a bad whatever, and all too often we carry that with us and we let it impact everything else around us for 24 hours, 48 hours, a week, a few days, and creating a network framework to be able to handle it better, I think is really, really important. Uh, and for everyone, it can be different. So you think for your boss, a run sorts it out for him or her. Well, that, I would be very similar. I, I need to move to make myself feel better. Um, I'm generally, I am a positive person, uh, but uh, everyone has tough days. And the way to, the important thing is leaving that meeting behind, that moment behind, but it's finding a way to do it. And for some people, it might be going out for a walk for 20 minutes during the day. It might be doing some meditation for two, for five minutes at your desk after that meeting. It might be whatever. But the longer you drag it on, the bigger the impact it is on you and for you. And that's the problem, that it impacts everything else. So, yeah, creating a strategy is really important. It's finding what that strategy is for each person. Um, when it comes to health or when it comes to weight, uh, if it's a bad week, well, then you just draw a line in the sand and get back on track. And again, Sunday's when it's, it's why those lists are put out on a Sunday. Sunday is when people do it. It's, like new, it's a new week, a new Monday every week. And Sunday's when people begin to think about that. So the lists go out on a Sunday to help people formulate healthier, uh, healthier plans for the week. As you speak there about your weekly lists, at times when you're looking over those lists, the ideas seem to be a little bit all over the place. You can get ideas from eating your veg, to exercising, to giving hugs. I know on a few occasions having sex has made the list. And on one occasion, Love Island made the list. Well, not watching Love Island made the list. I know the idea behind today's podcast is just that, that mindfulness and mental health does not focus on one element, but it's a mixture of different parts that make up the whole us. So depending on the person, different elements could be causing the issues, whether it's your, your addiction to technology, whether it's bad sleep, but the two of them could be setting off each other. So yeah, health health is broad, and health is really broad. But so, like, and every now and again, I get a little bit of stick for some of the stuff that goes on those lists. But the reality is, each thing will improve your health. Uh, but health, like you're saying, is very different for each person. Plus, when you're producing a list, which is a maximized Twitter character list every week, or whatever that is, whether it's 140 or 180 characters, I can't remember. Um, when you're doing one every week, you're, it forces me to think outside of the box as well with regards to, okay, what can I put on this week's list that is new? Those, no two weeks are ever the same, so therefore it's, it's a new list consistently with 
eight to ten bullet points on it on things to do. And like, for example, not watching Love Island is healthy because I'm not sure it's good for your health. Uh, having sex is incredibly healthy and it's funny and it makes people kind of take, take note and laugh and giggle and like, get kind of embarrassed but the reality is it's healthy, it's good for you. Um, oh, put, like giving hugs, the whole idea of contact, although in their current climate with the coronavirus, maybe not, but it won't be on this week's list. Um, but again, that's, you know, it's a very powerful free thing that you can do. Um, getting more veg, whatever they are. So the, the whole idea is that health doesn't have to be really boring and real because no one wants to do that it's just boring to even look at it health is so different for each person and the key thing is you make it fun you make it different you make it engaging you make it exciting you make it something that you really want to achieve and want to do and the list they're developed to do that to really make you think people put them up on notice boards during uh, every monday the staff have a bit of a giggle but chances are, by doing that, they're more turned on to the idea of trying to make those healthy changes. And that's what, that's what the list you're very much aimed at. And if there's a, a conversation piece in each, in each week, brilliant. You get people talking about them. Thanks very much. And you don't have to have a specialist there for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I suppose if I give you, I suppose my, you know, my, my, my top five tips for, for this week uh, off the back of the podcast, one set a daily plan or a daily goal list. So identify five simple tips to things to do every single day that uh, you can achieve. So very small little wins during the day and five really, really simple ones. Second one, 30 minutes of fresh air per day. That's just getting you out, getting you kind of some kind of, um, of light and fresh, and fresh air, which is important. Three, spring clean your desk or spring clean your house, whichever you're spending more time in. Clean environments are really important. Uh, if your environment is clean, organized, productive, you'll be clean, organized, and productive. Um, number four is aim to eat some real foods. So foods with short shelf lives and foods that you have to cook yourself. The more real, the better. Um, and five is uh, meet an old friend for coffee or ring an old friend. You'll see those in the list uh, every couple of weeks. It's really important for engagement, but in, in the world that we live in, we forget about it so much. And the idea of chatting to somebody or meeting somebody you haven't seen for a long time, really powerful. It's mindfulness in a, in a, in a very active way. In the fact that you focus on that person for half an hour, you forget about life, you catch up with them. It's a really important thing. So try those five simple simple tips off the back of the podcast today and see how you uh, see how you get on. Thank you very much. And before we finish up here. As, you've met, as we've mentioned, you do record the own po- your own podcast. In the last episode, we spoke to John O'Regan, who was outlining his aim of his podcast was to provide information that's needed in a simple way and free of BS. When you're sort of thinking about and sort of writing your podcast, would you sort of think about that same sort of similar idea? Yeah, to, to, yeah pretty much. I, when we started the podcast, it took us three years to get it over the line. So we went... Um, the whole idea was very much that, to provide a fun, safe, healthy space for people to listen to, which got rid of all the nonsense around health, because there's so much of it. On a daily basis, one of my biggest things is not getting on my soapbox to, 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 to counteract the nonsense that's out there. And the podcast gives me a really great way to do that. We can chat to people, we can have guests, I can do it myself. Um, I am goal-driven. Uh, in terms of the goal for the podcast going forward, we're just about to hit our two millionth listen um, in the next two weeks, I think. Um, and we're, we have a big new uh, 
episode planned around that. And the goal is go forward. Like we're, you know, we've had a hundred episodes. Uh, we've got we're 98 episodes currently. We're F100 is coming up fairly soon. We've never missed a week in nearly two years, and I'm really proud of that. The quality of guests that we get is important. The content we deliver is important. The goal is to grow it even bigger. Um, we are going to launch it as uh, both an audio as it currently is, but it'll also launch as a video, a TV quality video option uh, as well. And you'll be able to watch it on YouTube in a in a studio setting. Um, and that launches in about four to six weeks. We're just finalising at the minute. That's the next goal for the podcast is to turn it into a show so you can visually watch it or you can audio watch it. Um, and it just enhances what we think that the, the, the listener or the viewer can can get from it. And podcast, podcasts, you know, yourself, podcasts and your mate, they're great, they're fantastic, they're very simple to do. They're fun, um, they're engaging, and our goal is to very much keep the podcast that way and keep the content um, going that we are and aim for a 3 million listener by, by the time the year is out. It's always nice to have aims. I think the idea of a three million listener is always a nice aim to go for as well. We have about three minutes left here. So is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners in relation to sort of mindfulness and the holistic approach? Yeah, in terms of I suppose, mindfulness, yeah. it's a big word. And, you, you know, it, it, everyone has their own different version of it. For me, running is a big, a big part of mindfulness. I run and I'm mindful of running. I focus on my foot and my breathing and my and my posture, and that for me is mindfulness. Uh, it can be anything, it doesn't have to be scary. It's very simply just doing what you're doing when you're doing it. Which sounds a bit odd, but when you think about it, when you do what you're doing, you forget about everything else. And I think uh, mindfulness is absolutely anything once you're forgetting about the rest of the stuff that's not that you're not doing. Um, and it's important, it's absolutely, yeah, it, it, it's crucial for your stress levels, it will help you sleep better. Um, and it is absolutely crucial. So I would advise people to try it. Um, whether uh, you can take it further, you can go down the meditation route. But the key thing is to sort of focus on what you're, it could be cooking, cooking a meal, it could be eating the meal. Mindful eating is really important and very crucial for your health as well. We live in a really fast-paced world, a really fast-paced society. So therefore, it's time in terms of health just to slow things down. One thing we get from all of our podcast guests when it comes to health advice, it's very much just slow it all down a bit, slow down your eating, slow down the pace and just life generally and just enjoy it. Um, you know, as life goes on and as I get older, if you realize anything is that life is short, it's incredibly short and we rush through it uh, and myself included. And one of my big challenges is to try and slow things down a little bit and just, you know, enjoy things a little bit more because um, it's not necessarily about the bigger and the better and the, the more expensive, it's very much about life and the quality of it So I'm just looking at here. I think my take take down take down to what we have here is in life, slow down, eat real food, keep it simple, and enjoy yourself. It's a perfect way to summarize everything we chatted about. It's really good. Twenty minutes summarized in ten words. 
it's a skill in itself. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. So that's all we have time for today. So I'd like to thank everyone who's listened to the three podcasts. Hopefully you've got as much out of listening to them as I have to recording them. And I'd like to thank Kyle Henry again for being our guest today.